Hello, everyone. Welcome to another one of our quarterly discussions on the results published in the Global Commercial Property Monitor, a survey done by the Royal Institution of Charter Surveyors. On the whole, the survey results for the last quarter of 2018 showed that the markets are still strong, transaction volume is, is solid, and on a case-by-case -case basis, while some markets are red hot, others, like the United Kingdom, have shown the first signs of a possible cool-down for the first time in the past couple of years. We will be discussing this more in depth with our ICS economist, Terrence Parsons. Hello, Terrence. Hi, Alexandra. So um, there have been a lot of social and political events throughout the globe that uh, have not managed so far to destabilize the markets too much. Uh, in some cases, uh, the fourth quarter meant improved momentum compared to the previous one. India is such an example. What can you tell us about this market, one that shows improved capital values? Yeah, and you're right, India does seem to stand out as being one of the markets that's seen uh, quite a notable improvement within the latest results from our survey, uh, at least. And I think demand growth uh, has accelerated across the office sector in particular, but we've also seen some quite positive numbers coming out regarding retail. Um, it's coming from kind of both sides of this, so I think the fact that supply that's available on the market for investment purposes that is the fact that this has not been increasing to any great degree um, of late that's also a key factor in combination with the the stronger demand that's led to this uh, more positive assessment on capital values now if you look at these projections I think the strongest capital value gains are uh, kind of anticipated for prime offices um, and actually our response are kind of projecting growth of nearly 8%. So that would be a very strong year if it comes uh, to fruition in 2019. Could you tell us maybe what real estate sector is performing best in India and why do you think that is? Well, given the, the economy is very heavily um, based around services, the, the office sector is it's more common for, for that one to be the outperformer and that hasn't really changed. But I think um, this quarter, perhaps where the difference is, we've seen some, some stronger um, demand coming through for, for retail space as well. Maybe some of the, the kind of um, developments over recent years being absorbed better by the market and that's what's uh, pushing up both expectations for rental growth and capital values. Um, now the standoff between India's central bank and its government has made headlines in the last months of 2018. Will this conflict impact the market going forward? Um, yeah, well, there has been a, a growing rift between the government and the, the Reserve Bank of uh, India, and that's seen the was seen a change in governorship at the central bank. And episodes like that are only going to increase investors' concerns, and in particular, um, how you know their concerns about how independent the the RBI really is. But further clarity on that will only emerge once we know the, the kind of new stance taken by the governor on some key regulatory kind of issues um, that have become kind of the, the points of uh, contention. But on the other hand, the new governor has actually hinted earlier this year that kind of stable inflation might allow for low in lower interest rates. And if we were to see policy cut, then you could almost see this as a bit of a beneficial kind of change uh, for the real estate sector. So you can take it either way um, in terms of the impact it may have on, on investors. 
other maybe other factors that we need to consider when it comes to the impact on investor sentiment in the area? It'll all be how um, monetary policy and these key regulatory kind of capital management issues are um, are influenced by this and whether it really has an effect on the economy and sentiment. So yeah, it is a bit of a an area to keep an eye on, but it's it's unclear exactly what kind of impact it will have going forward. Brazil seems to be a good place to invest in. Um, investor sentiment is at its best level since 2013, which means that the presidential election turmoil has yet to produce any effect in this direction. Do you think the situation will change? Uh, well, now that the election has been settled, and I know the outcome could be considered uh, a bit of a divisive one, uh, but financial markets really seem to have reacted quite favourably to the result. And if you look at measures of consumer confidence, they have uh, begun to improve quite sharply. Um, so all of this should actually set the ground for kind of continued recovery or a more significant recovery in the commercial real estate market across Brazil over the coming 12 months. And latest feedback to, to our survey does show sentiment turning uh, more positive. We've got over three quarters of our survey contributors feel the market is now in the early stages of an upturn or an expansionary phase. And that's up from around 50% six months ago. So as you mentioned, also invest in, investor sentiment is at its strongest for several years now. And that's been supported by improvements on the Occupy side. And so that's all a considerable improvement on where we were uh, a year or two or a bit further uh, back in time. Even beyond the next 12 months, our survey participants are quite strongly of the opinion that um, growth will accelerate both on the uh, investor side and on the occupier side, um, perhaps over the next three years. Yeah, it does seem like it's all good news in Brazil. Our respondents from uh, there feel that this market is in the early stages of an upturn. And at the same time, President Bolsonaro promises that he will align the country's economy to that of the United States. Actually, just recently at the World Economic Forum, he outlined his tax cutting and privatization agenda. And he pledges to bring Brazil among the world's best countries to do business with. Uh, what do you think about uh, this approach? How do you think it will play out? Will it impact the real estate market there? Yeah, well, from, from listening to the economy minister kind of talk about these plans, it seems like a, a major facet of these is trying to simplify the tax system. Uh, so they're going to try and consolidate several federal taxes, he says, seven or eight into just one. And it, it is thought that this will improve the ease of doing business in Brazil and uh, then boost private investment. Of course, it, it remains to be seen exactly how effective uh, these policies will be in reality. But many do actually agree that the government's economic team has kind of appropriately di diagnosed kind of some of the, the major problems uh, in Brazil in this regard, and that these are quite sensible pro proposals uh, that may um, provide a solution. It, it, so if the, the recovery in the economy does accelerate as a result, then, of course, this will be beneficial to the real estate sector. For instance, if we have improved jobs growth, then that could help to reverse some of the uh, the rise in vacancy rates that we've seen over the previous years uh, during the, the recession. And that, that's going to further boost the rental outlook. Now, uh, moving on from uh, the more positive outlook in Brazil to China, for a while now, it's uh, it's been all eyes on, on China, the discussion around trade policies and the slowdown in its economy. 
have uh, led to modestly negative readings in occupier and investor sentiment for the first time in the past couple of years. How should we look at these results? Mm. Well, yeah, that, that recent deterioration in uh, real estate sentiment across China is consistent with this well-documented kind of slow rate of economic growth and the hit to business confidence that may be coming from these ongoing trade tensions. Uh, there's also been quite a bit of attention paid to the slowdown that's uh, become quite evident in consumer spending uh, across the country and that kind of fits in with some of the weakness that, that we're seeing in the retail sector as well but at this stage negative expectations where they do come across the market they they seem to be concentrated in secondary locations uh, and we haven't seen too much change in sentiment towards the the prime end now it remains to be seen whether uh, this will continue uh, or the weakness going to spread or if the 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 weaker trend will be contained or, or even reversed, but it is certainly a market that we uh, should keep an eye on. So uh, I've just read that uh, China state planner approved 16 infrastructure projects, some of them really major, in a try to counteract the slowdown in the economy and the effects of this trade war. Uh, the projects are worth a total $163 billion dollars. Now, this might or might not work. Um, how do you how do you see this approach? Yeah, well, it's clear that the government has switched to a more supportive fiscal stance in the face of this uh, slowing economy. And you must say that in the past, uh, measures such as these have been relatively relatively successful in kind of stopping some of that downward momentum and that so we've seen in a, a couple of kind of periods in the recent past. So they have been quite successful at, at doing this. But also in terms of monetary policy, um, we've seen a 100 basis point cut recently in the reserve requirement for banks. I think that came in January. So it's both fiscal and monetary policy that are more uh, supportive. And so while I don't expect there to be a significant pickup in growth, the loosening in policy may be enough to, to halt the, the recent slowdown or uh, ease some of the concerns for, for investors. And if that is the case, then the outlook for the market may not weaken too much further from this point on, although there are clearly risks associated with this view. Now, uh, jumping to Europe, the story here for the last quarter of 2018 is quite similar to what has been happening before. Uh, Portugal, Hungary, Spain and Greece are top top performers when it comes to uh, European real estate markets. What can you tell us about the context for this continued growth? Yeah, what, what's interesting about these mar markets in relation to um, several others or many others in Europe is that they are still perceived to be offering good value for investors, and that's despite uh, pretty strong growth that we've seen uh, over recent years. And if you look at our results, it's around around about two thirds of our response for the market is still at or or below fair value in Portugal, Spain, and Hungary, those top performers. And if you compare this to to Germany uh, as well as France, for instance, well, in these markets, there's over 80% of our contributors that sense uh, commercial real estate is overpriced to some extent. So I think that relative value between uh, those three that you mentioned and other parts of Europe is what continues to attract investors. And that's what's driving uh, positive expectations for, for the next 12 months, uh, at least. And you also have to consider that the recovery in, in these markets, particularly Spain and Portugal, it did um, start a little bit later on. So the cycle isn't quite as mature there. Now, uh, the United Kingdom is a bit of a different story. The Brexit 
saga does seem to impact investor sentiment, which displayed modestly negative results for the first time since the European Union referendum. Is there more to this than just Brexit? I think um, Brexit uncertainty is a large part of what you see here, but there's also underlying kind of structural changes that are a real feature of the market right now uh, as well. But if we if we focus on Brexit to start with, the, the withdrawal date is kind of moving ever closer. It's just over eight weeks away now and a deal still hasn't been agreed. And the stalemate really is coming from disagreement within the UK Parliament regarding what Brexit path should be taken. Um, there was a, a House of Commons vote on various kind of amendments uh, that came Tuesday night. And now it seems that Theresa May is going to be sent back to the EU asking for um, a, a bit of leeway or, or the sort of removal or, on this backstop, which the EU has kind of refused to do in the past. So quite how that will end, it's still very much uh, up in the air. So until we have that further clarity, it seems that investors and occupiers are uh, increasingly are adopting this kind of approach where they wait and see and, and that's that's holding back activity but in terms of the structural issues that the real um issue here one of the main issues is the retail sector and that's really struggling against the shift towards online shopping and the number of vacant shops continues to rise quite sharply of late and that is um i, I would i would say probably the major pressure point in the market so it, it perhaps is unfair to blame everything on market on sorry, everything that's going on in the market or on Brexit when the, the structural issue is probably equally if not slightly more important. How do you think the uh, UK market will look like in 2019 in the next 12 months? Uh, well you can draw different kind of scenarios out I think uh, the, the worst case scenario the uh, could happen in the near term almost certainly the worst case would be the UK falling out of the EU uh, without a deal and that has potential to cause significant disruption that's just due to the increased customs checks and the tariffs that would be kind of introduced uh, immediately and uh, under that scenario I think it's safe to say that real estate sentiment would take a significant hit but uh, on the other side or the flip side if, if a deal were to be concluded soonish um, then this would at least give business the the certainty of that two-year transition period in which not much is going to change. Um, and that potentially could unlock some degree of pent-up demand, although there's, there'd still be doubt about the final trading relationship that, that would be looming as well. So it wouldn't be perfect, but that would be uh, certainly a better scenario than if there were a, a no-deal uh, emerging. Uh, um Moving a bit further away from uh, Europe, another market that is now seeing negative readings for the first time in the last two years is Hong Kong, which is perceived as being in a downturn. What are your views on this new twist? Well, yeah, it seems what's happened in Hong Kong is can understandably very strongly connected with the latest developments in um, mainland China. So a lot of the risks there are similar. And if you were to see any escalation in the, the US-China trade dispute, that could be very harmful for um, confidence. But aside from this, uh, there's a slowdown in the residential property market that stands out in Brazil, uh, sorry, in Hong Kong. And if that continues, um, 
it may act as a, a further headwind to some of the consumer spending figures as well. And then that's going to further negatively impact the, the outlook for commercial real estate um, as well, in particular retail. And that is where most of the pessimism is focused um, at this point in time. Now, uh, regarding the, the Middle East, the key indicators for this region show little signs of improvement with Qatar and Saudi Arabia as the leading markets. Uh, this has been going on for a while, if I remember the results of past surveys. Should we expect this trend to continue? As you, as you say, there hasn't really been much improvement, I mean, if, if any, uh, across the, the results coming from the Middle East between the third and fourth quarters, probably a little bit further back than that as well. And if, if you do look at the longer term expectations uh, in the UAE, um, so that's expectations beyond the next 12 months, then perhaps there's a marginally more upbeat tone in terms of capital value projections, but that's specifically coming uh, in the prime office and the prime industrial sectors. But just for the year ahead, it is difficult to envisage trends departing kind of too much from their their recent slump on, on the basis of the feedback that we're still receiving. Um, perhaps in Qatar, you could say uh, that some of the negativity has diminished um, with regards to the outlook, although any recovery there is is still likely to be patchy at best. So overall, yeah, it, it's still in the near term does seem to be a bit of a, a gloomy assessment that, that we're seeing. Now, let's talk a little bit about the United States. Uh, sentiment here is generally in positive territory. Do you expect this market to continue going steady? Uh, well, across yeah, across the United States as a whole, you you could say that certain aspects of the latest results are a little stronger uh, than last time. So, if you look at demand growth uh, on the occupier side, at least, this did accelerate um, during Q4 and actually posted. Uh, one of the strongest growth rates that we've seen since 2016, but at the same time, there was also a quickening in the, the pace of supply growth. And those two pretty much offset one another to um, to produce this only kind of quite modest level of expectations for, for, for rental growth still. So that's steady in that regard, even though we did see a pickup in demand. But there is anecdotal evidence suggesting that some of the the uh, deregulation in the financial sector has benefited the, the property market as kind of improved earnings have been reinvested in certain cases. Now, uh, like in the past, it seems that most negative perceptions come from New York, a market perceived to be in the early stages of a downturn um, where there are very high prices for property. Are there any other reasons or factors for concern when it comes to real estate investment in the U.S.? Um, well, the future pace of interest rate increases will, will that will always be extremely relevant uh, to the outlook for commercial property. Um, and it remains to be seen how well the market may or can absorb any further interest rate hikes that are coming up here in 2019. Probably the, the main uh, talking point, I, I would say. But in fairness, it is largely kind of anticipated that the Fed will be on pause now until around the middle of 2019 uh, at least. But then you would imagine increase, increases in interest rates will, will resume. Uh, another issue is really the oversupply of retail space, and that's very evident in um, in other markets or in, in other countries, I should say, as I've already, already mentioned. And that's still going to be a, um, a key area of concern for real estate investors. Yes, you did mention the uh, the issue of the retail sector in the United Kingdom. 
uh, and now in the United States, are there other um, markets where uh, this sector is uh, underperforming that are worth mentioning? Yeah, well, globally, um, generally speaking, there, there are lots of examples, but we kind of see this trend is becoming more established or, or spreading out rather than improving. Um, the, the main probably issue is that the values do need to adjust somehow to kind of reflect the development costs that might be involved to repurpose some of these vacant um, or really struggling retail premises to, to something that's more in demand, whether that be housing or, or something else. But uh, in truth, it's not the case that retail is weakening in all countries. And it is uh, very much linked to um, the growth that we see in online shopping across each particular location. So the stronger we see this growth, the more weakness there there is that's apparent in the retail sector and uh, the other way around. Um, so there are actually a number of large emerging economies that are, are notable exceptions maybe to this broader theme, and that, that would include both India and Brazil that have come through as more positive in this survey. And uh, even in parts of Europe, countries such as Italy and Spain and Portugal, they uh, also do appear to be uh, bucking that trend. But aside from those exceptions, there's an increasing number of markets, obviously the US, um, the UK, become increasingly evident in, in Germany as well, in parts of Australia. Um, so there's probably more markets that, that do display retail weakness than those that, that don't but uh, yeah you can pull out a few exceptions as well. Now um, 2018 has come to an official close we have the results for the last quarter of the year what can you tell us about the global markets performance in the year that passed compared to uh, what was expected as a um, conclusion? Yeah well although it's not always the case I think it does seem as if 2018 has turned out to be broadly in line with the, the central projections that were made at the start of the year. Of course, there were some downside risks that haven't really materialised insofar as the, the impact that they've had on uh, on the property market, but they, they do remain a threat nonetheless. I shouldn't kind of discount them. Uh, but in Europe, for instance, um, which probably displayed the strongest sentiment at the start of the year from, from our respondents, there we have seen continued growth in capital values uh, as expected, although the pace may have eased slightly uh, throughout the year. And yeah, as I say, these forecasts aren't always correct, but it does seem as if 2018 has been um, pretty well projected but by the, uh, the, the sentiment coming from the sector at the beginning of the year. Hopefully, um, there will be just as much accuracy for this year as well. What are your expectations for 2019? Yeah, um, I, I think the expectations for the global economy, uh, there was a, bit, a lot more optimism at this stage last year. I think expectations are a little more subdued for the year ahead. But again, nothing dramatically different from what kind of transpired in the past 12 months. If you look at expectations um, from respondents to our server, then generally speaking, uh, th these are pointing to more, more of the same, really. Perhaps momentum will fade a little bit as the expansion um, in many markets becomes uh, more mature. Uh, and of course, there is the risk that at some point uh, that turning point in the cycle may come but uh, based on, on what evidence we have to, to go on that probably seems more of a risk further down the line than than for the the next 12 months but uh, aside from kind of those general general um, risks 
I think it will be interesting to see how the recovery progresses in Brazil. There were a couple of setbacks there last year, but that shouldn't be the case um, this time. So it'd be, be good to see how the recovery there progresses and if the, the recent improvement in sentiment can be sustained in India, because these two markets could well become two of the, the stronger performers in, in 2019, potentially. Any other markets we should keep an eye on this year besides Brazil and India? Um, well, given all the political drama around the UK, that will be one of the more interesting markets to follow just to see how it all uh, unfolds. And of course, this could have uh, knock-on effects across Europe as well in particular uh, scenarios. So that's still important from a global perspective as well. But I guess in terms of its you know, real um, large-scale importance from a global perspective, perspective developments across the Chinese economy and the market there will always be very key to sentiment across kind of global financial markets um, and so although as I've kind of said the situation doesn't appear unmanageable right now I also think you can't be completely compl- complacent about the outlook either and so that that would be a, a key a key one to keep an eye on. Taryn thank you very much as usual very interesting uh, insights. Yeah thank you. Until our next discussion on the global markets, have a wonderful day.